What's going on, Orlando City fans? Welcome back to the Lions Blog Podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Rushnell, and today we will be previewing the LAFC match on Friday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It is not at 8, it is at 7.30. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Capney's Subs. You can order over the phone at 407-647-9099 or online at capneyssubsfl.com. All one word. Adam, where are they located? Uh, Cappy's is located at 501 North Orlando Avenue, Maitland, Florida, not Winter Park. Make sure you get the city right. Make sure to leave a five-star review as well, as we will read them out on the podcast. And with that, unfortunately, Daniel is not here tonight. He is busy off visiting his parents, so it's just Chase and Adam. So, Chase, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I miss my boy Daniel, but I'm ready to get going. And Adam, how are you doing? Well... Don't tell Daniel this, but now we get to have fun because we don't have an adult supervising us. I agree with that take. All right, let's start off. And the first thing I want to talk about is our attack. Last last uh, game, we talked about it before. We struggled in attack. We struggled in the final third. Uh, against Philadelphia, we, we struggled with our decision-making in the final third. Uh, one thing I noticed when looking at the last game, or the last two games, really, is that we don't really try the dangerous pass. So Chase, I'm going to start with you, but then also Adam, I want to get your take on this. Sometimes we get in positions, uh, and you see it a lot with Moutinho actually, and we have Akindele or Mueller making runs at the back post. And instead of putting the ball into the box, which is, when I say dangerous, I mean that the other team can get the ball and counterattack off of it. Um, you know, you put the ball looking for a through ball, looking for the the lesser percentage pass. So somebody will be making a run to the back post. And instead of going for that cross, going for that pass, somebody will will pass it back. If it's Moutinho or if it's Mueller on the right or something, it just it seems like we're always going for the the safer bet. So do you think maybe the fact that we don't go for the dangerous pass is kind of hindering our attack? I think that there is a little bit of a willingness to put it, put in crosses, but I do see just questions with general decision-making, whether it's shooting as well, like maybe uh, not taking a shot when, when the player should, and also like just the uh, the just relying too much on just kind of recycling the ball when maybe we had an opportunity that uh, we could try to make something. And, and putting the ball even just kind of into the mixer, as they say, is can be valuable in, in soccer, and, and just a lot of things can happen, particularly in the MLS. I mean, we've seen you know, how questionable some of these back lines can be. Uh, it's, it's, it's always worth a try. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if we have those opportunities, I, I do find myself uh, shaking my head uh, at the lack of willingness, I guess, I guess to, to push forward and be, be kind of like extremely uh, aggressive in our attack, um, which, which at times, you know, playing the ball back and, and trying to see if you can shift the field and create another chance isn't, obviously isn't a bad thing. But um, you know we have we have really good wide players like like Chris and Juan have a very good thing uh, going on the right side and and they already get into a lot of uh, quality positions and and Zhao other than you know Nani is maybe possibly our best kind of crosser of the ball though, though in the past couple of games he's been a little bit questionable so I mean and crossing is is a little bit of a questionable way of trying to score. I mean, I've seen some statistics that say it takes about 80 crosses for most teams to 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 score a goal, so it's obviously not sustainable, but we do well from those areas. And if we can kind of maximize any of those chances, uh, I mean, I don't have to tell anyone that that, that could be a, a that should be a positive for our team. Um but, but it it is just kind of a balance, you know, like like I would like to see us Still making smart decisions, with, which I think we've been doing, but um, we we are just a little bit too non-aggressive in the attack at times, and and that's something that that can shift, and we're going to have to probably do against LAFC coming up in this game because they're a team that can 
that can put up a couple goals on us and, and we're going to have to create as many scoring chances as possible. Sorry for the incredibly long answer. <laughs> nah, you're good. You're good. But Adam, uh, do you think it's smart maybe that sometimes we don't go for the, the dangerous pass? We're more yeah. passive with it uh, so we don't get countered on. Do you think that is a uh, I, I think something that Pereja – is that something that Pereja has implemented or do you think that might be just a player thing? Uh, I think it's intentional. Um, okay. Because it – Last year we we got exploited on uh, on counters all the time, and, and recently, and you would think that um, in a, a tournament format like this, especially with every team coming in cold, that there would be a lot of opportunities for counters and fast breaks and and like uh, two on one scenarios uh, with uh, like two attackers on one defenders and lots of sloppy play. And we haven't seen that against Orlando City so much. And I think that's very intentional for Oscar Pereja telling his team, hey, we want to be uh, protagonists in the way we play and we want to take our chances and we want to be we want to be attacking, but we don't want to be stupid about it. And, and what what that would be would be just, oh, I see I see I have um, Akindeli running at the back post. And I, I guess I could try to pick him out, but he has two defenders on him and more likely it's going to get headed out for a counterattacking opportunity and they're not necessarily just crossing the mall and willy nilly, you know, they're trying to pick out uh, a very intentional pass and, uh, and, you know, be, be, I keep using the word intentional, but that's exactly what it is. They, they purposeful with everything that they do. And I, I think it would be short sighted to think that the, the lack of counters against Orlando City so far, especially in the Philadelphia game, Philly is a team that loves to to use the counter as a source of one of their attacks, and they were largely not able to do that. I think of because of how Pereja set up the attack to not allow those opportunities. Now, I think against LAFC, we're going to have to be more aggressive, but I don't think. Uh, uh, but also, well, they're also a team that loves to to uh, have really quick build up and get the other way fast. So I think that. Uh, it it's not necessarily a bad idea to keep some of the principles that we've been playing with and try to limit those opportunities against us because that's equally I mean equally as important as putting the ball in the net is not letting the opponent do it to you. If we can score goals without giving up those chances, that's ideal. The the problem is is we haven't been scoring goals. We have two goals in two games, and both games we've looked like scoring three or four in each game individually. So we're getting close. We're getting close, but we're just not getting it over the line. Well, I think there's a little bit of a lack of killer instinct. Uh, Nani has it. I'm not sure anyone else really does. As much as I love Mauricio Pereira and Chris Mueller, that neither of one... Mueller is a good finisher, but I don't think he has, at least hasn't developed yet, the instinct for you know, the shark smells blood in the water and goes for the kill right away. I don't like, like we saw that against, um, and this goes back to his college days when he led the nation in assists and the entire NCAA. He, he was primarily an assist guy, not a goal scorer. Like he scored goals, but primarily an assist guy, even from a forward position. And, uh, I think we see remnants of that. Like, uh, like against Montreal when he had that brilliant cut in and he tried to play Tesho in instead of taking the shot himself, he needs to be taking those shots. And when he sees an opportunity to, to, uh, to put the ball in the net and, and and be that, that great white shark that smells blood in the water, he needs to take that and honestly learn lessons a little bit from Nani who uh, will sometimes pass up an opportunity uh, to play in a teammate if he sees a shot that he think he thinks he can take. And uh, I think prayer to a little bit prayer is always looking for the pass. And uh, unless he's just like on the end of a, of a, of a sequence of play, he's almost never looking to shoot first. And I think sometimes he gets it. He'll get into good positions, particularly just outside the box where I think he has the quality to maybe put in a long shot there. So I think, maybe just being a little more selfish and shooting rather than take like those riskier crosses might be the way to go there. I'm glad you bring up Louis Nani. Cause he's actually somebody that I also wanted to talk about. Uh, last episode, I think it was, I said that I've been kind of disappointed with his performances of late. It's, it's mainly just because he doesn't look like I couldn't explain it. Well, last time and I'm trying to explain it 
differently, but the same thing just keeps popping into my head. He's just not as impactful. And even when he does get the ball in dangerous areas, because I know we talked about how he's not the focal point of our attack anymore, but even when he does get the ball in dangerous areas, he's not making the right choices. What Chase, what do you think is going on with Nani at the moment? Uh, do you think it's just he's maybe tired or, or um, not feeling it or what maybe like the other thing it could be is, you know, he's so used to having a hundred touches on the ball every single game, you know, being the focal point of our attack that now he's not always getting the ball. Maybe he's kind of having spells where he's out of the game and he's losing focus. Do you think that might be a problem for him? Well, something that's, we we've talked about before is you know at this point in his career i don't necessarily know if nani is best suited to play out wide and with our maybe next best player being mauricio Pereira, who would play in the position that he would probably best slide into um you know that's just kind of how the cards fell and that's where he has to line up and there's all there's also been some times where um you know like i think it i think it was was it maybe it was either the, the Philadelphia or the Montreal game where like his first kind of touch on the ball was like a very it, it was an errant pass from the left side kind of in the middle of our third. Uh, that it was, was uh, Philadelphia. The, his yeah. first touch on the ball, he just gives it straight to the other team, and we were lucky that it bounced back to us. Yeah, like like it that that very easily, especially I mean, thankfully it didn't. But with with Philadelphia, who is a team that has that kind of killer instinct in, in a couple places, which we just talked about, um, you know, that could have been turned into a goal. And and I don't want to pick out one instance and say that a player is washed because obviously he's not, but it's, it's just these kind of decisions that, that that's, that's also not the only one that's happened in this tournament. That isn't something that we would see before. And I think it's because he's a little bit like, he can still beat a player off the dribble and things like that, but he lacks that pace now kind of to turn quick, I feel like. And and he still has his, his sublime technical ability and, and his decision-making and, and just, just everything. But but his physical ability, I think, is very clearly lacking. Um, not, not that he's poor now, but it's you not... You know what it what, is, Chase? I feel like he's just in, like, third gear and he needs to pop it up to fourth. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I can, I can feel that, but... I think the the reason that we kind of feel like he's in third gear is because he's just he's not the type of player that is going to run out of defense and, and be this kind of uh, player that creates he creates problems for a back line, but it, it's not in that kind of way, and that's that's been a big part of his game, even last year, but all throughout his career. So uh, I just he he's still a, a key player, and he still actually gets gets a lot of touches. I, I think maybe it was in that Philadelphia game where he had the most touches of any player on our team, but he is just, um, he's maybe kind of in need of, of a reinvention as a player, uh, whether that be kind of role or whether that be just a minute tweak in his play style, because he's still fairly successful and he's still someone that we can look to, 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 you know, find that moment of magic. Like, like he did in, in the Miami game for really both goals. He played in a fantastic ball and he was in the, in the proper space. Um, and I think that might kind of, come with maybe a little bit more fluidity and attack in attack and allowing him to drift center and and maybe Zhao have have more of a of a, of a role going forward and, and you know that's just kind of spitballing but I don't know what it is but I, I've, I've personally just kind of felt like maybe he isn't as quick as he used to be obviously he's still like physically in, in good shape and things like that but it's, it's just kind of what comes with aging out uh, and I think that maybe a move to the center might be might 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 help his career, but obviously Oscar knows way more than me, so that's completely fair enough. But uh, yeah, he might need just a little bit of a tweak here and there. I I think we also have to understand Nani's role at this point in his career is we're we're not gonna get ninety minutes of intensity from him, I think, ever, and it's really just to kind of make stuff happen purely with his quality and almost nothing else. Because uh, he's he's not the physical specimen that he used to be. Like, obviously, anyone would be blessed by whatever higher power you believe in to to look like him at his age. Like, man is chiseled like Adonis. 
but he's still he's not a young guy anymore and, and he can't run as fast as a lot of the players in MLS and, and he's just not lasting 90 going like he plays 90 but he doesn't play 90 if you know what I mean we also and, press a lot more too yeah we also we press a lot more and and he's just not built to do that like he'll do the pressing that he can, but he's not going to show that intensity because he, he just can't. And if you want him on the pitch in, in the, the 85th minute, if you need a goal, you need to accept that he might take a few minutes off in like the 65th or whatever. And, and, and that's fine. And that's why we're not seeing the Nani at the, the rate that we saw him uh, do those spectacular things when he was a focal point of the offense, just because he isn't getting as many opportunities. I think the set success rate is probably roughly the same, but we're just seeing less of it here because now Pereira's on the ball a lot, and, and so is Uri, for, for that matter. And, and Mueller is also seeing more of the ball. So we're, we're not going to see the sheer volume of Nani moments that we saw last year, and and, and it, I think it would be unfair to expect that same volume when he's not getting the same volume of touches. What he's good for is basically if you need a moment of brilliance, he's the most likely guy to, to give it to you. And I think he'll he'll elevate himself against competition like LAFC. I like that comment that, that you made about seeing seeming like he's stuck in third gear, uh, like against Montreal. Like he, he didn't have a reason to get out of third gear. Like he, he, he was barely awake in that game, you know, because Montreal didn't do anything to wake him up. I think against LAFC, Nani, Nani's a bit of a gamer, and he's going to rise to the competition. It, it also is, like, it, like talking about that third-gear comment, like, uh, he, we we were doing well, like, creating chances, and, and I know that we didn't necessarily take him, but we, we were looking dangerous, and, uh, you know, even with the Philadelphia game, like, had Andre Blake not been the type of player that he is and, and, and you know, robbed us of two or three goals maybe um it could have been a completely different game and, and maybe Nani trying to get on the ball more and uh, like a lot of our chances have come through some fantastic build-up so last season we definitely just kind of looked to him more to maybe beat a man and play play a longer ball and not play as sort of aesthetically pleasing soccer as we are now so uh, maybe I suppose just expecting him to kick it up into fourth gear and to to demand the ball all the time and um try to make himself like the real key of the attack rather than it more be kind of a team effort could be a detriment. Yeah. One thing that I've, that has impressed me with Pereja is his ability to find every single player's strengths and use that player's strengths to the best of their abilities to help fit their system and to help fit his system and to, uh, to highlight their strengths. Uh, re Yuri Rossell, uh, Junior Urso, Chris Mueller, Akindele with the, uh, the the hold up play. Everybody, everybody. OK, but then you see Nani out on the touchline. And this is something that we talked about in game one. I think that that was a great point that you brought up, Chase, how we want to see him moved into the center. That might be part of why he's just not. He looks like he's not as intense because he's out on the touchline. He's far away from goal. You can't really impact the game from there. And he still has impacted the game from there, but just not to the degree that we have seen before. So so I guess the thing I'm trying to say is it's just disappointing that Perea has seemed to find a spot for everybody. And then one of our most important players is kind of doing a bit part role for us. Yeah, but I actually, I mean... Not that we're saying it is, but I don't really know if it, it's a bad thing in theory because, you know, Nani last season, uh, he was maybe like a like a top three player in the league or something like that. Like like that that might just be pure bias, but obviously he had like over twenty goal contributions and things like that. And and we would have been far and away one of the worst teams in the league had he not had such a such a spectacular season as he has. And um it's it's probably just a good thing that you know like like if you would have told me last year that the right side of our attack would be maybe our most dangerous kind of side and like and like the focal point of of all of our uh, of a majority of our goals I feel like or at least goal scoring chances uh, like that would be a crazy thought but I think it might just also be kind of a, a symptom of like you guys said Pereja just just finding something that works and and not needing to force the ball to Nani as much and and just allowing him to 
you know, just trusting him to pick his moments, I guess. All right, let's take a look over at LAFC. Um, Diego Rossi, a very, very good striker, has, what, six or seven goals in this tournament uh, alone. Um, I think those numbers are a little bit uh, inflated by the fact that he got to play against a horrible LA Galaxy defense. Um, and I think two or three of his goals are penalties. Uh, you still got to score them. You know, I'm not, I don't want to take that away from him or anything, but his numbers do look a little inflated. Uh, they got Brian Rodriguez, very, very quick, very good on the ball, uh, but just can't seem to put the ball in the back of the net with any consistency and seems to struggle with that aspect of his game a lot. They've got a player in Latif Blessing that I know you love, Chase. Uh, a lot of people love oh, Latif Blessing. Love that, um, they've got a great playmaker from deep in Atuesta. Um, their midfield and their uh, forward line are very, very good. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips starts up top for them since Carlos Vela is not here. And um, who's the other guy in midfield? Mark Anthony Kay, former USL player with James O'Connor at Louisville City. Um, he's now at LAFC. So those are, yeah, you can name six players that are very dangerous, that are capable of creating uh, big opportunities for LAFC. Adam, how in the world are we going to stop that? We're not. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Uh, there's no way. <laughs> you know? uh, Rossi is... If Carlos Vale is the best player in the league, Rossi might have an argument for second best. Uh, it's like... Uh, if you follow hockey at all, it's like a Sidney Crosby of Genny Malkin situation. Like Diego Rossi is going to be the next big sale from MLS that we're going to see like at least 15 probably 20 million dollars for him he's like just watching him against seattle and and the the types of players that give us trouble are those types that receive the ball uh right in front of the back line and then they can just dribble across looking for the exact spot to to make their move and try to try to get past someone and rossi is exactly that kind of player and it terrifies me because that's our exact weakness on the defense when, when they're just that that sustained possession right in front of the back line and then Atuesta also particularly really impressed me against Seattle and what kind of terrified me is Seattle set up very similarly to how I think Pereja wants to set up uh just really in any of his games uh kind of the mentality with the high pressing and, and the the purposeful possession and everything like that and and the quick switches of play like Seattle looked like basically the prey Orlando city teams, except with Seattle's players. And what, what gave me a little bit of hope is that Seattle's defenders were God awful in this game. They, they made uh, a lot of individual errors that led to that. Like they gave up a penalty early and then um, Shane O'Neill scored what was basically an own goal to, to give LAFC a quick two nil lead. And it was basically over from there. Uh, and and I don't see us doing that. I think uh, we're a lot more disciplined at the back and a lot better at the back. So I think that and and Seattle did have their chances in the game. They were only able to put one away, but I, I think they had three or four decent ones. Basically, we're gonna have to be at our best, and and that might make it even. Uh, we might be the best defense that LAFC has faced to date in this tournament. I mean, if we're, I'm looking through everything, they faced Houston Dynamo, 3-3 on the scoreline. LA, uh, LA Galaxy, probably one of the worst defenses in the league at the moment. 6-2 they won. Uh, still let in two goals. Tied Portland 2-2 and then beat Seattle 4-1. So they're scoring goals for fun, yes. But these aren't, you know, this isn't RSL um, level defenses. These are pretty bang average defenses. Defense. I mean, Houston's had struggles in the in the defensive line. LA Galaxy, like I just said, Seattle Sounders were, were without their starting center back Kim Kihi uh, and Andrade, and um, they had to go with Shane O'Neill and Xavier Ariaga. And we all know, like Adam was saying, how bad Shane O'Neill's. And then Portland, they just have a, a couple average players at, at center back, um, Tui Loma and Zupa Rich. They're just average center backs, in my opinion. I think that we are the best defense that they will have faced um, to date. So Chase, do you think that we, we will obviously have to rely on our defense, but 
being afraid of LAFC, do you think that maybe their goal scoring numbers are inflated a bit? And do you think our defense can possibly keep them quiet? I think they're, the goals are a little bit inflated, yes, but quiet, um, I, I don't think that our defense can keep them quiet because, you know, even even a, a Carlos Vela-less LAFC is the best attack probably in the league. Um, and, you know, you can point to freaking probably three or four of the goals against LA Galaxy that you could say were heavily um, brought on upon by, by defender error um, because, like you said, they're like mind-blowingly bad particularly for uh, a couple of guys who are probably on pretty decent money and who have have had good careers in some aspects but um and you know like Seattle 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 lost Roman Torres I, I believe Kim Kihi actually um isn't with them anymore I think he's in Korea uh for like uh, in the K-League and um you know they they rely on Ariaga who you know, I know they brought in, and I'm sure when they scouted him, they thought he was decent. And, and Shane O'Neill, who we know is, is completely poor. So th- their their numbers have been a little bit inflated because, you know, the, the first and last goal, especially with, with the giveaway, uh, uh, the penalty by Ariaga, and then the giveaway and the fourth goal by Ariaga, who had an absolutely shocker of a game, just kind of gifted goals to LAFC. Um, uh, but we are not... Just, just like flat out, like we're not gonna be able to like neutralize them, and and uh, we we just kind of have to bring them down. But but a way that I think we can uh, improve our chances is we we are a team that that can play out of the back. Like Seattle tried to play out the back, but they just didn't have the players to do so. Like with our center back pairing, with our fullbacks, with Yuri, who's who you know might not show up with a, a goal or an assist, but he's the type of player that really doesn't lose the ball that much and picks out smart passes. I mean, you know, it, it, it became kind of a joke, but he has like a Barcelona education, like, and, and, and it does show through still right now. Um, and if we can break their press, which which Seattle really struggled with doing, um, we, we can find goals because we have attacking players with quality. And I know t- t- taking our chances has been a little bit of a concern, but um, you know, big players come up to big games, and, and this is this is going to be a test. And if we're ha- as good as we think we are, we we should be at least competitive. But you know, I, I'm I'm just a little worried that this could be like a heavy awakening because, like you said, their their midfielders and their forwards they press as a unit, and and it's incredibly hard to break. And they take their chances and they score, and they have. Uh, Brian Rodriguez has improved. They have Bradley Wright Phillips, who's still playing immensely well. He's the only player other than I think Jeremy Bobasi to score in all three of their group stage games. Um, he, we just, we have to, we we just have to break their press. I think that's kind of going to be the key to the game, and I think a lot of it's going to come down to the last thirty minutes because both of these teams like to press, press, uh, you know, at least for the first half. And um, when when there's tired legs, it's going to be teams that are, uh, it's going to be like the team that can can find a goal or, or, or take their chances um, when it's a little bit of a more open game that will have the advantage here. And, and I hope it's us, but it very easily could be LAFC. As you said, they're, they're immensely, they have immense quality throughout their squad, even on the bench. Well, now, the, uh, the key to breaking the press, I think is Ur Uh and Yeah. It's, he's going to have to be the man in the match. If we're going to win this game, I think this game will be either one or if we're being completely honest with ourselves, more likely lost in the midfield. LAFC's midfield might be the, ironically, the best midfield just got knocked out tonight in Columbus, but they they might have the second best midfield in the league. Uh, And uh, Rosell, it's going to be like a Rosell Pereira or so Mendez masterclass. Um, And they're capable of it. All four of those players, whoever starts Urso or Mendez, depending on Urso's health, all four of those players are capable of extremely good outings. Uh, and the three that start, plus probably the one that gets subbed in, are all going to have to be at the top of their game. If they can do it, then I think we can kind of have that 50-50 back and forth sharing control of the game. And, and Uri's going to be especially key in facilitating breaking that press. Otherwise, we have no shot. Yeah, Um Adam, I was going to go to you with this question. Chase was talking about how both teams like to press and in the last 30 minutes of the game are probably going to get a bit open. Um, either they're going to get a bit open or both teams are going to stop pressing. It's going to be a, 
who can kind of build from the back and score. Um, do you think the extra two days of rest will help us in that facet of the game? It can't hurt. Um, I think that w- one advantage we do have is I, I really hope it's humid because California is <laughs> really dry and, and we need every advantage we can get. So those two days of rest, I think, I mean, if everyone here has, has had some days of, has had some event in their life where it's been just extreme physical exertion and they just feel like crap afterward and they feel like crap the next day and then the second day you still feel like crap but you're starting to get a little bit better those two days really matter in recovery especially in a game like soccer where you're absolutely spent and exhausted at the end particularly uh after coming back after a long break no one is in mid-season form right now so we take every advantage you can get. I really hope that um, Orlando does Orlando things on, on Friday night because that would just that would be a huge help to just anything we can get over LAFC. All right, last thing before we get into our uh, our keys to the match. Um, how okay? LAFC have conceded seven goals, eight goals in their four matches, an average of two goals a match. Do you think that we will get two goals in this game, Chase? Do you think that we are we are capable of doing that? Yeah, I do think that it's it's very possible. I mean, as with any team that that likes to press high, um, if you can break the press, you know you're running with at least like kind of like a four v four on the attack, and and chances come from that. And and we're a team that that is capable of of playing the ball out from the back and. And we have players who can break the press with a single pass and things like that. And, um, you know, I think if anyone sees on my Twitter, I have been slightly maybe pessimistic about this game. Not that I think that we're going to lose, but I just definitely think there's cause for concern. Um, So I'm not going to be overly confident that we're going to get two goals. But I am, I think with, with our quality, honestly, throughout the entire squad, which is something that I cannot believe that I can say about an Orlando City team, um, you know, whether it's on the ball or, or whether it's just kind of that thing between the ears that you call the brain, like we, we have the ability to um, to kind of exploit them. And I think that's where a lot of the goals come from, uh, from the opposition teams. Um, and we have the players who possess the quality to score on this team. And we have some players who have been in big game situations before, whether it's, uh, you know, Nani in, in Champions League finals and, and Pereira has Europa League quality and, and to a much lesser extent, um, you know, even Yuri, who is, or I guess not, not to a lesser extent, but, you know, he's won an MLS cup and things like that. And, um, we're, we're just going to have to rely on them. And, and that's really where the goals can come. If we can, you know, we talk about the press a lot, but that's something that we kind of have to focus on in this game. Uh, because all six of their attackers, barring maybe to a lesser extent, Bradley Wright Phillips, uh, they press phenomenally well. That was one of the things that I was really, really impressed about in the LAFC game. So, yeah, um, if we break the press and we take our chances, I think it's possible, but it's it's much easier said than done. I, I think yeah. it's worth worth noting that we haven't chased a game so far, uh, and and so there really hasn't been that desperation to drive those large offensive outputs that otherwise only really come when you absolutely dominate a game. And well, we chased of, the uh, Miami game a bit, a, a little bit, but not that much. Like we oh, weren't right. full gung ho, and yeah, we, we were down for what like minute. three minutes, you know. Uh, no, that was the Philadelphia game. Oh, we yeah, were down yeah, for a solid amount of time, maybe maybe 10, 15, 20, okay. maybe not twenty yeah. minutes for Miami. But yeah, I see what you're saying. We did we weren't yeah. gung ho against Miami yet. But we haven't been, you know, it not like not like LAFC is gonna be. LAFC is gonna come out guns blazing, and we're gonna have to match them. I don't think we've seen that intensity yet because it hasn't had to be there. You know, in the in the one game where you could have, I think we could have seen it uh, in Philadelphia. We didn't have to have that win, and so you didn't. It was treated like just a regular um, regular season match, uh, where uh, a draw was an acceptable result, and and so you didn't really see that desperation having to have the win uh, within those ninety minutes. I I don't think we keep two out from from LAFC. I think they score two. And so I think you're going to see an Orlando City team with their hair on fire having to score two of their own, and I think they can do it. the The question really is if we can score more than LAFC. If we can if we can keep LAFC at two, I feel pretty good. 
if we if we give up three or four, I don't feel so good about that. The thing is, is LAFC look like on par to get two, but they haven't faced as good of a defense as ours yet. And I know people are worried because like Rossi is the type of player that Antonio Carlos and Robin Janssen might struggle against the, the short dimin- diminutive quick player that that has fast feet. And that is a cause for concern. Same with Brian Rodriguez. But I think as long as our defensive positioning is really good and and we stay strong, uh, you know, in shadowing and, and standing them up and not diving in. I'm not as we're I don't think I think we have the ability to keep LAFC to one. I really do think we have that ability. Good defenses in this league. Few and far between are able to keep out some of the best attacks in this league. RSL got third in the West last season because of a good defense, not a good offense. I'm pretty sure we had like the same amount of goals as RSL last season, but they got third in the West and we got 11th in the East. So I don't know. I'm, I'm worried. I'm definitely worried, but I, I'm feeling a, maybe a little bit more positive than you guys about the game because <laughs> I mean LAFC was the team that I wanted to begin with when it was LAFC v Seattle. I was saying I want LAFC, and I got what I wanted. So Chase, I'm going to go to you first for your key to the match. What is your key to the match? Well, it's something that you know is kind of a theme of this podcast, and it's just it's it's not even breaking the press; it's just managing the press um, because. You know, we are going to, you know, attempt to, uh, you know, get through their press. And, and, and that's something that we, um, you know, can create a lot of chances for us. But um, almost more important to me is not giving the ball away in our own third. Because, I mean, Diego Rossi, even Brian Rodriguez, and if, if Bradley Wright Phillips gets a chance that like he is going to take it, and, and all three of their midfielders, really, like, they're they are so direct that if we give the ball away, even in our own half, they could have a shot on goal in, like, 10 seconds, literally. And, and you know, just that's that's where I think is a little bit of a cause for concern because we attack so much from our fullbacks that if, if we're caught out of possession there, um, you know, they're going to be able to, to, uh, to, to get chances. And... Um, you know, Yuri's going to have to have a great game, as you said, and, and we're going to have to find those players that can, you know, split the lines with one pass and, and move us up the field. But yeah, even, even more so important is just just not giving in and, and not allowing them to be honest the entire game and, and you know, have to force us to play the ball out wide or just even kick it out for a throw where they can just exploit us with their quality attack. So um, yeah, we're going to be pressed and we're going to have to respond to it extremely well because Seattle didn't and you know they're on a flight back to back to Washington right now probably so we can't allow that to happen all right Adam what's your key my key to this match is mentality last season actually last season we managed to draw LAFC uh funny enough but last season we saw uh, at times when we would play a heavily favored team particularly Atlanta and I hated watching these Atlanta games. Uh, and Atlanta would pepper us with, with possession and shot and chance after chance, and and we rightfully lost those games. And, and it was because we didn't have the correct mentality in approaching those teams that are the the, the giants of MLS, uh, we'll, we'll say, like, like LAFC is. We, we would largely bunker down and try to hit a chance on the counter if we could, and really just put as many players behind the balls as we could and, uh, and you know, accept that they were going to boss the game and we would have to basically steal it from them. I don't even want to win like that. Say we do and we get one of those fluky 1-0 wins where we just put 11 behind the ball or 10 behind the ball and we just, every single uh, every single time we get the, the ball, it's, it's an outlet to Tesho and he gets one breakaway one-on-one. We win one now. I don't want that game. I don't want that win. I don't want that team. Because in order to be the best, you have to beat the best. And if you're going to beat the best consistently, you have to act like you are the best. And what I mean is we have to play like Lions, who deserve to be on this stage. Can't be scared of LAFC. You can't be scared of... And I know we've 
talking about them so far, been extremely complimentary of them. They're good. They're real good. Rossi, Kay, Blessing, Bud Phillips, Etwes, they're all fantastic players. We have some pretty good players, too. We've sung the praises of Mauricio Pereira. Luis Nani is a champion of the highest caliber. Tesho Hakindeli is at least fundamentally sound and can be a part of an effective attack. Chris Mueller is a young emerging stud. You know, we have our midfield that's potentially when they when they're on their day is potentially one of the top five midfields in MLS. We have effective defenders for really the first time in the team's MLS history. We have two attacking fullbacks that are capable of getting all the way to the end line and putting in an effective ball to really unlock a defense and particularly Ruan getting in good positions. We have talent here. And it's time for us to stop acting scared when we come up against a good team. I know I know I've said I think we're going to lose this game and we might. Uh and that's not just me doing the anti-jinx. It LAFC is deservedly favored. But we should at least act like we we're on the same field as them. We belong in the same field as them. And, and I agree with Gavin actually that I, I would rather play. I know how Seattle looked. I would rather play LAFC than Seattle because I think we'll be able we'll be allowed to play our game against LAFC. LAFC is going to press, but there are going to be times when we break that press and we're able to have a few minutes where we control the game. And at that point, we're going to have to be the protagonists. We're going to have to. Assert our own style of play and how we want to. Seattle was able to do that because they're that caliber of team. Even in a four-one defeat, they looked like they belonged on the field. They just happened to have some really bad individual mistakes by their defenders. Even if we lose four-one in a similar fashion, I want to see that Orlando City doesn't play scared and they try to play their own brand of soccer. If they can do that, I'll be happy. Yeah. Very well said. That was kind of similar to mine. I was going to say we have to come out and and play our game. We can't we can't um, switch our tactics to try and cater to them. Obviously, we'll switch maybe some things like maybe somebody will get man marked or something like that. But but nothing too crazy, like go into a, a, a three, five, two or something like that. Let's stick with the four, two, three, one and, and let's play our game. So I'm happy you went that way. Um, I'm going to change it, though, and it's going to be two players i think chase you were right yuri rossell has to have a monster game um just like he did against montreal but um you know the the stat i put up last night he went 80 of 82 on passing which is crazy but he also had a lot of time to go 80 of 82 on passing i mean you don't you don't attempt 82 passes without the other team kind of sitting in and letting you have the ball but um yuri rossell man what a performance against montreal um, and Mauricio Pereira and Mauricio Pereira. I want to highlight more because we need him on offense to, to create chances for us when we have the ball, when we're, when we're able to create chances, he, he needs to get in those spaces and really cause a uh, havoc for the LAFC defenders. But just as important, he needs to help out, help out on defense, whether it's Urso, whether it's Mendez alongside Yuri, um, Latif Blessing, Mark Anthony K, and Edward. Is it Edward? Edward Atuesta? I think that might be his first name. Maybe not. Uh, Atuesta are insanely good midfielders who will control that midfield if we allow them. And Pereira is going to be vital to us not allowing them to control in the midfield. He needs to come back. He needs to help out. And all in all, Pereira's defensive contributions are going to be very important. Chase, what is your prediction for the match? Yeah, I uh, I, I think that it's going to be a score draw, and then I think we're going to go to pens. That's that's going to be my prediction, and then anything could happen from there. If we're in pens, do you think we win with Galese? Um, yeah, I mean, Vermeer had a better game against Seattle, but he has been a little bit shaky. So I think that we win the goalkeeper kind of uh, duel there, but uh, at least in their attack, I think they have a lot of quality, so so they can be better there, but. You know what? I'd say if it gets to pens, I think that we would have the edge, and I think that we could go through for sure. All right, Adam. 1-0 LAFC. Diego Rossi gets the goal. Oh. Gosh, I don't... I've been thinking about it so much, and it's like, what do I think is going to happen in this game? 
that I don't have to make actual predictions on the show. Yeah. I mean, say long it. may it continue. Really, long may it continue. Absolutely. I'm going to go 2-1 Orlando. I, I'm really, really happy with our defense. Um, and I'm really not impressed with LAFC's defense. And as long as we can keep them out and we can get our goals, like, I think it's going to be similar maybe in the vein to NYCFC where we could come out and shock them a bit and get two goals and then hang on for dear life. And then that might be the way the the game goes. Um, And we come out two one winners. Uh, And I agree. I kind of agree with Chase if we do go to penalties, because that's kind of the other way I'm leaning. Um, we we have the edge there. This is this is the game of the quarterfinals, is what I'm hearing around MLS. Uh, LAFC versus Orlando. People have been really impressed with our play. LAFC is LAFC. They have the most goals. Um, a lot of people are very excited to see this game go on, so... Hopefully we can put on a show. Uh, But that's it for part one. Um, We will answer your questions right after this. All right. And we are back with fan questions. Uh, And the first one's going to come from at Spizzo TFL on Twitter. They're actually all on Twitter because I forgot to ask Instagram. Sorry, guys. Um, And we kind of touched on this earlier, but I want to go deeper into it. Adam, how do we beat their press? You already said it, so do you want to kind of go deeper yeah. into that answer? Odi Rossell is the number one key to beating the press. Um, I think number two would actually be where we are kind of okay in, in the center backs helping to keep possession. So Odi likes to drop back, particularly in defense, and almost to the level of a third center back. And uh, it, in defense, it's, it really is kind of a, a five-man back line with how deep Odie drops. As long as he's not, like, he doesn't see something and try to make an interception, he's in the middle reading the game and seeing where he wants to go. So when we're back there and uh, and we're getting pressed by LFC's front line, there's going to be, they're going to have numbers up forward and we're going to need to to have that combination play that we're used to seeing uh, in advanced positions between like Pereira and Urso and Nani and Mueller. We're going to basically need to see that from the back line to obviously not uh, as intricate, but literally just kind of getting the ball 15 yards forward. And Erdi's going to need to direct and he's going to need to make those passes. And sometimes he's going to need to make classy passes. Like, you know, he can like a, like a 30 yard dag and all that. We know he can hit. And just the, the back line's going to need to be on with their communication. That's going to be key. Uh, and the, the center backs are going to need to have their, their passing and their dribbling boots on. And it's really going to be, this whole game is going to be a team effort and everyone needs to play cohesively because the sum is going to need to be greater than the, the whole of its parts. Uh, or the whole is going to need to be greater than the sum of its parts. I know English. <laughs> there you go, Adam. Yeah, Yuri Rossell, he's going to have to come back, create those triangles, and really just be all over the place to help out. Um, and that's what he does best. go Showing to be an option from deep, turning with the ball, and finding a pa- an out, a passing outlet. That's, that's what his game is. That's what we've already seen. And he is going to be the guy to break the press. And it's going to be, unfortunately, it's going to be on him. You know, the, the ball is going to come to him. And if he's getting man-marked, that that means that somebody else has to come and they're going to have space. So if, if LAFC see that Yuri Rossell is our main outlet and they start throwing one or maybe even double teaming him and we can't get the ball to him, that's not that bad because that leaves Mendez or Urso to come around and be that outlet and then turn and have a ton of space to, to dribble into. And then we start attacking and then LAFC have a problem. So it they they LAFC really have to balance. Do we go after Yuri and kind of take that out of the game and and hopefully the other midfielders don't do as well as Yuri would? Or do they say, okay, we're gonna have to let Yuri do his thing, but we're not gonna allow that space for Urso or Mendez to dribble into? So I think Yuri is the key to this. 
And also, Janssen can be that guy. So, like, if Uri has two men coming to crash on him, he can get that little outlet to Janssen, who's capable of dribbling forward and hitting a diagonal with his left foot. And he can he can maybe hit hit that left foot a diagonal to Juan if Juan shows on the wing. That could be uh, also an option to not only break the press, but also spring an attack. So we have multiple guys with the the passing chops to be able to break it. They just need to be in sync and on point. I think the one thing that I want to say on this finally is just, I don't want us to turn into long ball FC. I want us to actually attempt to beat their press uh, with passing on the ground. And I think we will. So that is how we, we beat their press at Spizzo TFL. At Nick Warbell says, will our offense or defense be more important to getting the win chase? I mean, I think it's, it's so I, I assume he means like not defense as in the back line, just how we defend and, and even how we press in the attack. Um, yeah, so is basically what's more important, scoring goals or keeping the ball out of the net? Yeah, and, and you know, it sounds like a bit of a simple question, but it, it is like, I mean, it's it's arguably the biggest question of all, and that's what it all boils down to. So, I mean, we've talked this whole game of LAFC, um, you know, their, their, or this whole podcast, rather, this whole, their, their midfield can press us, their attack can press us, and they're going to create an awful lot of chances. I actually have had on the uh, LAFC Seattle game, like just kind of on here in the background, and a stat popped up that after the first half, LAFC had 10 shots, and... Um, uh, Seattle had had one, so like it, it was a ten to one shot, and um, w- that that just kind of shows how, how fluid they are going forward. So that that might make it sound like I'm going to talk about their defense, but even so, I think that it it is our our offense is going to be a little bit more important because I think it's unavoidable that LAFC is going to score here, and um, you know if if we can't um, answer back, you know obviously we're going to be we're going to find ourselves out of this tournament and, you know, taking our chances has been something that I've been a little bit worried about, particularly in the Montreal game, even the Philadelphia game, though that game could have been just down to quality goalkeeping, but um, we're just going to have to take our chances uh, and we're going to have to be a lot more clinical than we have been before because I, you know, chances will come for us, but um, it, none of that matters if we aren't able to be clinical. And, and I think that that's going to be one of the biggest uh, kind of keys to the game, if you will. That's exactly where I was heading. Um, as much as defense is important, we have struggled to put the ball in the back of the net these last two games. Again, Andre Blake stood on his head, and then the last game just it it wasn't working out for us. So, offense, we have to find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. It is so crucial that we do that. So, hopefully, we can actually go and and get the job done in the offensive third on the pitch. I think that's a great question uh, at Nick Warbell. At Orlando Toffee, what are a couple key matchups to watch for early on to see how the game is going to go, Adam? Yeah, so I think uh, particularly as Odie versus the press is going to be the number one thing we're going to watch because that's going to dictate, A, how successful LAFC is early in the game, and B, how much control of the ball we're going to be able to have early in the game. Uh, the second one is going to be, I think, on, on the other side, Marisa Pereira versus... Um, their their midfielders and their defenders, it, particularly if we can nab an early goal, it's kind of that uh, everyone's got to play until we get the punch in the mouth kind of thing. Uh, if we can nab an early goal and show LAFC like, hey, you should be scared of us too, then the game's going to go a lot differently than if it's just us uh, trying to play out of the press and and uh, and getting clearances and, and stopping their attacks if we can have some attacks of our own. So I think Pereira, how effective Pereira is going to be, basically Uri and Pereira linking up. I think those two those two players and how they match up against what LAFC is trying to do is going to tell us a lot very early about how the match is going to go. At Spizzo TFL, Chase says... Would you try a bunker and counter to limit their space in the attack? Or would you try to be the protagonist playing the way Orlando City has been most of the year? I think Adam put it very well when he talks about his key to the game. Uh, it's We have to be the protagonist because we're capable of, of, of beating them by, by playing our game. And, and we're supposed to now be a quality team like people are 
saying now that we're one of the favorites, one of the better teams in the MLS, uh, just on form based off this tournament. And I don't really think that they're wrong. Um, and it makes me incredibly happy to be able to say that. Um, I, I think it would be a really bad idea to bunker down. I don't think that's what this team is set up for. I don't think that, you know, as, as much as, you know, Oscar is, he, he likes to be the protagonist, but he is also a little, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I, you know, I guess like Gavin says, like he, he can kind of tinker and maybe change up his game plan a little bit, but I think that that's just the wrong idea. And I think we have the team to, to try to hold the ball and to try to break the press and to try to, um, create our own chances rather than, you know, hoping that they just kind of give the ball away and then trusting our attack and trusting our, you know, wide players to create chances off of the counter. Uh, I, I just think that it's a bad idea and, and being a protagonist in games have worked for us so far, at least in this tournament where maybe we've had a little bit of time to build chemistry and, and to fully understand the game plan. So I think abandoning it in this game, you know, like Adam said, I can't put it any better than, than he would. It, it would be incredibly disappointing first off. And I think that it would spell kind of, it could spell disaster for us really. We cannot invite their attack this game. We just can't. We, there are ways to to set up on the counterattack and be very effective. We saw Philadelphia do that in one of their games. I think it was against NYCFC. And us, too, against NYCFC, um, we scored on the counterattack. But you also saw how many chances NYCFC got, and they didn't take them. Castellano should have had a hat, t- hat trick against us, in my opinion. LAFC are not going to rue those chances. Um and honestly, I think we look better when we press. Against Montreal, when we stopped pressing, Montreal actually like created somewhat chances. You know, Montreal aren't a good team. Um, they weren't dangerous at all. The only times they were dangerous, like I said last episode, is when we stopped pressing, we sat back a bit to conserve some energy, and they came forward and because they they did not they did not force us back at all. It was our choice to go back. If we choose to go back. Um, which we will have to at some points in this game, we have to be very good on defense. We cannot choose to go back for the entire game. We have to come out pressing because that's just, that's what makes us the good team we are right now. So we cannot go, we cannot go full turtle and sit in our shell and, and hope that we can hit them on the counterattack and win one nil. Um, as great as I'd be, uh, I don't see that happening. Um, so yeah. Uh, at Nurk, bleh. At Nick Werbel, final question. This one's kind of a goofy one. Um, Adam, I don't know if you saw it, but he says, will they interview Will Ferrell while his kids act like glorious goofballs in the background? I have not seen this. Um, so I think it was in the it was in the LAFC LA Galaxy game at halftime. They actually interviewed um, LAFC co-owner Will Ferrell. And Will's obviously acting like an idiot because that's, what his um that's just what he's supposed to act like in the media um that's what his image is that's the word i'm looking for and then in the background he just they just he just had his kids come in the background like one of them's eating a like corn on the cob and the other one's like messing <laughs> around with something and like they were just being like like nick said okay. goofballs it's yeah, just a dumb question i got something for this <laughs> all, right. all right all you listeners i have a job for you if Orlando City manages to win this game, I want every single one of you to go to like every like MLS Twitter page, LAFC's Twitter page, Orlando City's Twitter page, post on your own feeds. I want Will Ferrell gifts and memes with like however you can make them Orlando City. I just want I just want a bunch of Will Ferrell Orlando City memes if we win. And we all do, that. and you could like tag Lions Vlog and 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 hashtag us and whatever, get some publicity out. But really, I just want everything spammed Will Ferrell with Orlando City memes if we win. Can we do that? I I am one hundred percent on board. If that happens, right. I am spamming the memes. Let's do it. All right, I think that's a great way to end it off. Please don't hesitate to let us know your predictions on the LAFC match. Uh, don't forget to leave a five star review. Do the survey linked in the description. Chase, where can our listeners find you at? You can find me at Vamos OCSC on Twitter and Chase W. Crowley on Instagram. Adam? You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Kosher Taco Truck. 
We miss you, Daniel. We will see you on the next podcast, hopefully. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Here, Nani gets in behind. Here's Nani with a chip. It's 1-1. One, one.